Hello there, and welcome to episode one of Bleachers and Boxes, a baseball podcast hosted by old friends who happen to be fans of the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. I'm Storm Bird, an Astros fan. And I'm Eric Ando, a Yankees fan. On Bleachers and Boxes, we'll cover primarily Yankees and Astros topics, but we'll mix in league-wide discussions and even touch on general baseball topics like merch, equipment, and the social faux pas that is wearing an NFL jersey to a baseball game. Play the drop! Eric, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, Storm. How are you? I, I don't know about you, man. I, I, I could really see myself rocking an Expos jersey at the Yankee game. I don't know about you. <laughs> what, what brought you up to the topic of an Expos jersey at the Yankee game? I, you know, the amount of times that I've been at a game and, you know, you're walking through, it's one thing to see someone wearing like a Knicks jersey or a Nets jersey. I'm not saying I approve of it, but I was scrolling through Mitchell and Ness today, uh, saw some really great uh, new additions, which include a ton of hoodies. I don't know why it's the summer. Um, but like just always looking at the expo stuff and constantly think about the, the, the Pedro or the Vlad batting practice jersey. I don't need a name on the back. Just very happy to see that blue and red. Uh, you know, could totally see myself rocking that in the bleachers. Well, I'll tell you what, you can do that when the Nationals come to town. Otherwise, you know, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just, it makes no sense. You, you, you're like, you know, an NFL jersey to, an, to a baseball game. I, that's an entirely different mortal sin. I still think it's a sin to wear a jersey of a team that's not playing. Like, you want to watch the Expos, they're gone. Go watch the Nats. They'll come to Yankee Stadium eventually. Or go to D.C. It's a short train ride. It's not that bad. That's very true. Uh, so let's get into our first topic today. We've got uh, All-Star Voting Round 2 is well underway, and it's uh, rapidly approaching its end date, which should be the day we publish this. That is June 29. Um, as a refresher, right, they had the first round of voting. You could vote, I think, five times a day uh, with as many email addresses as you wanted, basically. And uh, they tallied everything up, and the highest vote getter in each league automatically advanced and won their position. So in this example of uh, 2023, Ronald Acuna won for the NL outfield spot, so he's already locked that up. He's starting in the All-Star game in Seattle. And then Shohei Otani, thankfully, locked up the DH. I'll get to that, why that's a good thing uh, in just a moment. But the Phase 1 totals have reset at zero now, and you only get to vote once per day per email address. And... We've got a, an interesting field, but I think for the most part, people have gotten it right. A any complaints from you kind of at a surface level, high level before we dig into it, Eric? You know, I, I think my, my only complaint, and I, I do agree with you that I think a lot of the voters got it right. There didn't seem to be all that many outliers. For whatever reason, Toronto continues to do a great job of ballot stuffing. And I know that it's coming from a Yankee fan who like a ton of people every year just ballot stuff. At a younger age, I was a prime candidate of just voting. I think they used to allow you to vote unlimitedly. Yeah, in person. By email. And I... Oh, and I uh, am by email. Oh, yeah, you're God. right. It was, it was awful. And by email, yeah. And I would just stuff the ballot constantly with, with everyone from Clay Bellinger to yeah. Jeter. You know? So it, it's, I, I really have no complaints. Um, I think there are a lot of good candidates. And it's also really good to see some young talent here. Um, I mean, I, I don't necessarily consider like Vlagaro Jr. a youngster anymore, even though, what is he, 25, 26? Ooh, I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, like overall, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks here who are definitely deserving of, of being there. I love Kevin Kiermeyer. I don't think he deserves to be here. Um, but how do you feel? Yeah, let's this? dig into it. You, you mentioned some of those names. Let's go around the horn here. So at catcher in the AL, it's Adley Rutschman and Jonah Heim. Uh, in the NL, Sean Murphy, Will Smith. Over at first, we got Vladdy Jr. and Yandy. By the way, Vladdy Jr., not even 25 yet as of this recording. Uh, at first in the NL, we've got Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson. At second in the AL, it's Marcus Semien, Whit Merrifield. Uh, in the NL, uh, we've got Luis Arraez and Ozzy Albies. At third, AL, it's Jung and Chapman. Uh, at third in the NL, it's Arenado and Riley. Uh, at shortstop, uh, Bo Bichette, Corey Seager in the AL, Orlando Arcia, Francisco Lindor in the NL. And then the outfield we've got in the AL, Judge, Trout, Arena, Alvarez, Kiermaier, Garcia. 
in the NL. The only ones left to vote for are Betts, Carroll, Guriel, and Harris. So only the highest two vote getters there will get a starting spot. That's because, as I mentioned earlier, Ronald Acuna Jr. voted in. He's locked it up. Uh, in the DH spot, AL, Otani, RDN, we covered that. NL, a race between uh, J.D. Martinez and Bryce Harper. So for me, when I first look at this, you touched on the ballot stuffing uh, in, in Toronto. And that one's really interesting. And my initial gut reaction when I saw this was uh, 2016 Kansas City Royals. Um, I realize that's going to be a real deep cut for people. Yes. But 2016, Royals coming off winning the World Series. And I remember Omar Infante was like running away with the second base vote. Being an Astros fan, I was blown away because I, I, I vaguely recall Jose Altuve was having a good season and should have been started there. Uh, and Fonte ends up fading off. And, um, but, uh, right, so 2016 was just chaos. The Kansas City fans were, you know, absolutely stuffing the belt. But here's the crazy thing I found. 2016 Royals through 80 games, a very mediocre team, right? They didn't, they didn't, they, they often come out of the World Series. Everybody's a year older. They weren't as strong. Ultimately, uh, Eric Cosmer goes on San Diego. He wins the MVP of that all-star game, has a nice little performance. But the 2016 Royals through 80 games, 43 and 37. That was actually better than I thought they were. They are about six games out of first place. The Jays of 2023, who are emulating this Royals team, because in my mind, I was thinking, this has got to be the best performance of a very mediocre baseball team in voting. Like, there's no reason that the Jays are doing this well. Right. They're not crushing it in the standings. Nobody's have, It's not Vladdy's MVP year where everybody's coming to see him. The Jays through 80 games in 2023, exact same record, 43 and 37. Oh my God. That, I mean, talk about a coincidence though. Like, I mean, God, Omar Infante is a name that you, you really don't think about until it's said. Yeah. We're remembering some guys. Yeah. Seriously. I, I, I would, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, there are guys here like Whit Merrifield. I don't even have his stats in front of me here. That, that name just doesn't jump off the page anymore. I mean, he's a good player. <laughs> is he really going to beat Marcus Semyon? Like, I, I don't yeah. think so. Um, Kiermaier is easily my last choice in the outfield. Um, I mean, you know, as, as a Yankee fan, do I want to see judge voted in? Of course. Am I reminded of the fact that he's not going to be there? He's not going to play. He's not playing for us right now. I, I just, you know, I, I don't see Kiermaier even up there with judge trout or Rosarena, any mm -hmm. of them. Um, so there are some players here from Toronto that I just don't, I don't think they're, you know, deserving of being here. Um, but at the same time, I do think the, the AL first base race is, is a tight one, even though Vladito's not having his, his prototypical season, he's still having a very nice year. I do think Yandy's going to win it. Um, or at least that he deserves it. I, I'm not going to say that he's going to win it actually. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that outfield, we talk about judge and also Jordan Alvarez, uh, both out is making that outfield race really messy because you're kind of, if you're voting in it, you realize that, you know, even if you're voting, whether you're voting judge or Alvarez, uh, even though they're both, in my opinion, the clear top two picks of that position, uh, even if you're voting for either one of them, you realize they're not playing. I mean, even if Jordan's back before the break, they're not going to let him go to the game. The Astros are notorious for not letting banged up players go. So he's not going. Judge is probably might not even be playing before the All-Star break, let alone going to the All-Star game. But at the same time, I mean, they're both absolutely still running away in terms of performance relative to their peers at these positions. So Judge has been out since June 3rd. Alvarez has been out since June 8th. Mm -hmm. Judge slash line 291, 404, 674. He's got a, a 1.078 OPS, a 194 OPS plus. He's performing 94% better than league average, right? Jordan Alvarez, 388, uh, 589. Uh, no, sorry, 388 is on base, 589 is his plug. Uh, 978 OPS, a 166 OPS plus. 17 homers, 55 ribbies. Judge, 19 homers, 40 ribbies. You you compare that OPS down the line. Arosa Reina, 151 OPS plus, lower than Alvarez. Garcia, 123 OPS plus, lower than Alvarez and Judge. Uh, obviously, Arosa Reina, lower than Alvarez and Judge. Trout, 131 OPS plus, lower than Alvarez and Judge. Um, those two guys are running away with the position, rightfully so, and should be the starters, and they're just not going to play. And they haven't played in over two and a half weeks. Well, exactly. And I mean, you, you know it, obviously, far better than I do. Is, is Jordan even going to be back by the All-Star break? I mean, even, even if he came back a couple days before, I mean, I would not let him go. You know, fine, show up. You, you, you were voted in. Show up. Be there for your teammates. Have a great time. 
there's no way he's playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's even going to be back before the break. I, I'd be surprised. There's, it'd be real aggressive. I think he just started swinging a bat the other day. Um, it's a, apparently an oblique core injury. I'm not sure how much I believe that, but um, just because the Astros are so notoriously opaque with um, injury uh, stuff. So um, we've kind of touched on some some high level topics. Why don't we go around each position? Let's see who. Tell me who you're voting for each position. I'll I'll lead us through. So catcher. AL, who you got, who you voting for there? So I, I went with Adley. Um, I think Jonah Himes had a really nice season. If I'm being 100% honest, I want to see Adley there. I, I didn't even look at stats. I, 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 maybe that's me being biased for the AL East. I like him a whole lot more than Jonah Himes. How about you? Yeah, Jonah Himes crushing it. Uh, he's absolutely tearing it up. That's who I'm voting for, Jonah Himes. Um, he's, got, he's got the edge, I think, on, on Rutschman. Uh, in terms of just performance. Adley, though, I mean, I saw Adley at the 21 Futures game in Colorado. Dude lights it up. I mean, everything, his batting practice is, is actually something to watch. So I really liked that. NL, we got Murphy, Sean Murphy, and Will Smith. Who you got there? This, I think, is a tough one. Um, I, I I would go with uh, with Sean Murphy. Um, I, I also think there's a little bit of ballot stuffing with the Braves. But then again, they're actually a mm-hmm. good team. Um, but still, I, I went with Sean Murphy. Yeah, I'm going Sean Murphy, too. I think he absolutely deserves it, though. I mean, Will Smith is really crushing it. He's just unfortunately playing at the same position in the same league as Sean Murphy. If Will Smith was in the AL, I think he'd be probably the best candidate uh, the best candidate at catcher as well. And we talked about, yeah, we talked about some ballots. I mean, it's not as bad with the Braves, mostly because they have guys that are actually performing well. And a lot of the ballot stuffing, it, it, you have to kind of, peel into the, or excuse me, dig into the numbers. We'll get to one that's outrageous here in a minute, but um, moving on to first, we've got uh, Vladdy Jr. and Yandy Diaz. Who are you voting for there? This, I, I mean, I think first base on, on both sides of the league is really tough. Um, I think I would go Yandy. And the only reason I say that uh, is because of the performance of the Rays um, he's been a, a centerpiece of that. And I want to pull up his stats really quick because even though, I mean, like I said before, he's, uh, Vladito's not having the season that we would expect uh, from a player of his caliber. But going down the line of, he's got, uh, Yandi has 12 home runs, 38 ribbies, batting 315, uh, on base of 402, slugging a uh, 514. You know, I mean, you really want to get into a, a 156 of, of OPS plus. He's playing first. He's been playing a little bit of third. He's been he's been DHing for for a lineup like Tampa Bay's. He feels like a very consistent player that that really holds together the guys like the Brandon Laus who are a little inconsistent. Um, Wander Franco, while he's an amazing player, is still an absolute kid. Um, I just think he's so integral to that team, and he's showing it with the stat line. I'm going Yandi. Uh, Vladdy's good, very good player. Yandi's just having a better first half. Second, uh, excuse me, first base in the NL. Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson. Who you got? This I think is also a really tough one. Um, I ended up going. Um, I went with Freddie Freeman. Um, I think this is a really difficult matchup here, and I like I could honestly see both of them starting at this spot. Um, to go through Freddie's stats, 14 home runs, 48 ribbies, 316 average, 395 on base, 545 slugging, 940 OPS, uh, 150 OPS plus. Um, Olsen, on the other hand, I mean, he clearly has the power numbers here, 25 home runs, 60 ribbies. Yeah, I mean, batting average doesn't compare, slugging doesn't compare, uh, or I'm sorry, OBP doesn't compare. Slugging, I guess, is... Uh, it, it basically the same, um, but I think I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go, Freddie. Yeah, you're not gonna get any disagreement from me there. Freddie Freeman got to see him get uh, career number two thousand hit the other day at the uh, Dodger Astro game. I think he's the guy he should be. Matt Olson's done a great job with the power numbers, closing the gap between them, but Freeman's tearing the cover off the ball. Second base, AL Semyon Merrifield. I think we're probably both in agreement at Semyon, right? Yes, uh, you're not gonna get an argument from me. I think. Like I said, Merrifield's a good player. This is ballot stuffing on Toronto's fans. Uh, second base in the NL, Ozzy Albies, Luis Arraez. I am rooting for Luis. 
Uh, I hope that he he gets over 400. That's the only number that I have to share for him to be the, the starting second baseman of the All-Star game. Yeah, I tend to agree. Guy puts the bat on the ball. A, nine, a 945 OPS uh, right now as of this taping, he is just under 400. But the that the difficulty of that to maintain that this far into the season alone for me through and it's not like he's you know selectively playing games and also I know a lot of Braves fans like to rip on oh he's just a singles guy the guy's actually got a good slugging he's slugging more than uh, for example Austin Riley right now uh, as of last night anyway I'm going to Arias there third base uh, Josh Jung and Matt Chapman this was a head scratcher for me I think Chapman had that hot you know April and that's kind of propelled him plus with the with the Toronto ballot stuffing. Josh Young, though, pretty good rookie. Um, I think he's going to give Chapman a race for it. I think Texas fans are, are going to be uh, pretty motivated right now with how hot they've started. Uh, who are you picking? Uh, I ended up going Josh Young. I actually had the opportunity to see him live the other day. Um, real, I mean, just really impressive kid. He shows a good amount of power, um, but he also stays with the ball and, and is able just to connect uh, all the way through, um, you know, Overall, you know, we want to see the younger kids at the game. Um, I agree with you. Chapman had a really hot April. I had the opportunity to see him when Toronto came to the Bronx uh, for the first time. They're not back in until September. Um, I, I got to go with Josh Young. How about you? Yeah, actually, unsur- uh, unbelievably, I'm going with Chapman here. Uh, I went with Chapman uh, mostly just because I kind of was thinking that Jung's just kind of due to um, regress. But that's not really a fair argument. It's, you know, I just kind of think Chapman's a little bit more established. But Jung has done a lot. You won't get a lot of grief from me um, picking him. I also think that, you know, they're really, really comparable, right? Jung, 272 average, uh, 805 OPS. Matt Chapman, 265 average, 805 OPS. Jung's got five more homers and nine more RBIs. Jung's probably the right pick. I went with Chapman, but even as I'm sitting here now, I kind of realize maybe that wasn't the right decision. Uh, on the NL side, we've got Arenado and Riley. This is just a bad, a bad uh position in terms of voting i think the fans kind of went with the big names and then atlanta stuffed the ballot austin riley is not performing at his 2021 level and he's getting votes like he is uh for me i went arenado um it's mostly just on a on an rbi and batting average and defensive glove austin riley's not playing good defense this year i think the other day i checked he's gotten negative um run save so or maybe it's negative d war but uh, yeah, Arenado is a pick for me at third. Yeah, um, I, I went with Arenado. I mean, speaking of, of, of what we opened with, um, I saw a kid the other day wearing an Austin Riley jersey at the Yanks game. Um, was very confused. I think it was, it was, I went to Yanks Mariners and Yanks Rangers last week, um, and was just very confused. And the brother, his, his, I'm assuming his brother was wearing a Judge jersey. Um, so no idea what was going on there. Um, yeah, I, I went with Arenado. I just think, you know, there, there wasn't a good scene there and it would just pick whoever you want to say. Yeah. Shortstop AL, we got Bichette and Seager. I'm going to admit all throughout the first half, I was leaning in hard on Bo Bichette. He was the guy I was voting on, uh, pretty much the entire first round voting. And a lot of what I was holding against Seager was the fact that he had missed time. And so his rate stats were looking good. His counting stats weren't. It was tough. I was thinking, you know, he's going to come down. He's going to, you know, that, that injury is going to catch up to him. His numbers are going to fall off. His rates are going to come back down even with Bo. But I'm completely wrong. I'm voting Seager in the second phase. Uh, he's, he's done incredibly well to close the counting stats gap. And his rate stats are, are in, you know, just as impressive. He's got a uh, 1.017 OPS. He's got the same amount of RBIs as Bichette, a higher batting average, four fewer homers. Um, he's a catalyst for that lineup on a lineup where a lot of guys are actually performing pretty well. So I'm going Seager there. How about you? So uh, I'm I'm looking back at, at who I voted for um, just the other day. To be honest with you, I didn't look too deeply into the stats when I did make my first so vote. So you voted Bo Bichette. Um, that said, I voted Bo Bichette. Ah! As the Yankee killer of, uh, the, of, of the current fire. era. Um, but it really is, but I I I, would, I agree with you wholeheartedly on Seager. You know, I I didn't think he was going to pick it up as 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 well as he has. I still think he's got a lot of of room to sort of continue evening out. And in that lineup that they just seem to produce runs at at a at a very large clip, um, I am hesitant to commit to the Rangers overall with their pitching. Uh, but their 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 lineup is very dangerous, uh, and I think Corey Seager deserves to be the starter at the All Star game. 
uh, Orlando Arcia and Francisco Lindor in a bonkers race over in the AL, or excuse me, in the NL. In the first round of voting, Arcia beat Lindor by a million votes. That is insane. Lindor is leading shortstops in the majors in both RBIs and homers. Uh, he's he just he's absolutely got you know the counting stats there, and his slash line's pretty good. He's got a 314 batting average, a 369 uh, OBP. 451 OPS for an 820, excuse me, 451 slugging for an 820 OPS. How is it that a New York shortstop is getting the doors blown off him so badly in what is essentially essentially a uh, a popularity contest? Well, uh, that that's what I don't get, and I don't know if uh, is it is it Braves fans actually paying attention and and doing the right thing to to get Arcia there. Um, I also think it, it, it's a combination of Mets fans being pissed at, at their team <laughs> um, and partially rightfully so. Um, I think Lindor's having a, 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 he's having a down year for sure, but he was certainly dri- He's certainly driving in a whole lot of runs when the Mets do score. Um, I got to go Arcia here. Wow. Wow. I'm not saying Arcia isn't, uh, you know, deserving of votes or consideration. Um but I mean, yes, three weeks on the IL after he took that that uh, that ball off the wrist from Hunter Green. So he's played about 57 or so games of Atlanta 78. He's doing good, um, but you know, I just I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. He's he's uh, he's got a a 120 OPS plus, which is good. Um, I'm surprised that Lindor did so poorly. But as the more I look into the numbers. Um, the more I realize that uh, it's a closer race. But gosh, it's not a 1 million votes gap, in my opinion. Let's move on. Uh, now we've got to get to... No, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to the fact that it, it may be some ballot stuffing in Atlanta. Yeah. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Okay, outfield. Uh, you got to pick three AL outfielders. Right now you got Judge, Trout, Arena, Alvarez, Kiermaier, Garcia. I'm guessing Judge is on your ballot. Who are the other two? You are correct. Uh, Judge is on my ballot, and when I when I did cast this vote, uh, we didn't know yet that Judge has a torn ligament in his toe. Um, but I, I went with uh, I went with Judge. I went with Jordan. And I think he does deserve to be here, even though he's hurt. Um, his numbers clearly stick out. Uh, and then I went with a Rosarena. Um, Randy Rosarena is by. I won't lie. I can't stand the guy when he just stops at third base and, and crosses his arms with the third base coach. But man, is he a fun player to watch? Um, and I mean, just to go through his numbers, uh, we're looking at 14 home runs, 59 ribbies so far this year. He's batting 289, uh, which is actually uh, pretty good for him. Last year at 263 overall, uh, 403 uh, OBP, 480 slugging, uh, OPS plus of 148. Um, you know, it's not to take away from, from what Mike Trout is doing, um, because he is Mike Trout. Garcia is having a very nice season as well. I don't think Kiermaier deserves to be a finalist. Um, even though he's really fun to watch defensively, he's just, he's not a, he's not an all-star in my opinion. Um, but I'm going, uh, I'm going, tr- uh, Judge, Rosarena, and Jordan. Um, if I had to remove Judge, cause I know he's not going to be there. I don't expect him back, uh, playing for the Yankees before the all-star break. Then I would easily replace uh, replace him with Trout. Yeah, um, and I think I think you might have misspoke. I think Rosarena at fifty four RBI, but uh, nonetheless, still an impressive, uh, still an impressive start for him. And I, it's the close one for me, so I'm putting Judge and Jordan on. We've already kind of gone through their numbers, so I won't belabor that point. My last one, just a little bit of an uh, of an AOS bias, and to the same effect that you mentioned, you know, you went for Bo Bichette, he's a Yankee killer. Randy Rosarena, obviously, in the AL East, and and can do his damage to the Yankees. For me, it's Adolis Garcia. Um, 831 OPS, 63 RBI, 19 homers. Uh, he's hitting 258. Uh, he is a thorn in the side of the Houston Astros. I, I need to. I, next time we get him in a in a conversation, I'll bring up his Astros specific stats. But it's like the best games of his career are against the Astros. Guy's slugging 500 this year, 331 OBP. He's got a 127 OPS plus. That's my last vote. Um, and I I hear you on the don't vote for injured guys. I think Judge and Alvarez are the exception because they've done so much in the time that they've already played this year, even though they've missed, you know, multiple weeks, they're still at the top of their position. These other guys are just playing catch up with them. So 
that's my pick there. DH, thank goodness Otani won the AL because we would have had to choose between him and Brandon Belt of the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, we talked about the ballot stuffing, but that's outrageous. <laughs> Brandon Belt finished second to Otani. So thank goodness uh, everybody figured out Otani was the easy vote there. NL, uh, J.D. Martinez, Bryce Harper, who you got? I went with J.D. Um, not to say Harper's stats are bad. He was hurt for a while. Um, so that, that was, that was just my justification there. You know, we actually, we completely skipped over the outfield NL. So Ronald Acuna, uh, highest vote getter. He's in, he deserves every last bit of it. No Braves voting bias there. That guy deserved it. He was, he was actually, absolutely fantastic. Other NL options, uh, for the remaining two spots, Mookie Betts, Corbin Carroll, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Or Michael Harris, the second, who you got between those four. So I'm going, uh, I'm going Betts and Carroll. Michael Harris, the last I looked, and I could be really wrong, uh, is not having a good sophomore season. Um, you know, I, I, I do think, I mean, he's, he's super popular in Atlanta. I don't see him as an all-star. Uh, Guriel is also having a nice season. Um, I want to take a look at his stats. But I, I, overall, I mean, I got some Carol quick hand is, here for is you. on a fast track here. I got some quick hand Florida stats for you. 271 average, 11 homers, 44 RBI, and 799 OPS. Good is incomparable, I think, other than the counting stats to Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll, 938 OPS, 44 RBI, 17 homers, a 293 average. Uh, Guys running, you know, running at the front of the pack for NL Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and and, and the the, the final spot there, uh, Betts. Having another just straight up Mookie season, mm-hmm. 19 home runs, 47 ribbies. Uh, average is down slightly, 253, but 349 OBP. Not great, but not horrible. Uh, 503 slugging, 852 OP, uh, OPS, 126 OPS plus. The, the guy can move around yes. positionally. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, he, when he first came up, I remember when he, when he first came up with Boston, and coming up as a second baseman and they were moving him to the outfield, the guy can very easily slot in at second or shortstop um, without really blinking an eye, um, which I always just find phenomenal. Um, he deserves to be there uh, over the, over the other options. Um, I, I think he's, he is doing better than, uh, than Guriel. So uh, him alongside Carol and Acuna uh, makes total sense to me. Yeah, me, it's, it's Betts and, and Carol are the vote-ins for me. Uh, n- n- I've said my piece. Mookie Betts was uh, one phenomenal play by Corey Jolksaway from leading off every game of that weekend series with the Houston Astros with a home run. He hit one in the first game on Friday, hit one in the first inning on the third game on Sunday, and Corey Jolks made an amazing catch on Saturday to rob him from doing it uh, first uh, first at bat on Sunday, so or Saturday. So he's, he's, he's the runaway. Okay, last thing on this topic. We're going to come back to this, I think, in our next episode. We'll we'll dig into the weeds, but I wanted you to go in cold with this. And maybe you've got a better handle because Yanks are playing the A's right now. But who do you think, without Googling, get your hands off the laptop, who's going to be Oakland's rep? Oh, boy. Can I I say Tyler Wade? Um, (laughs) The Tyler Wade love. The the Yankee legend that is Tyler Wade. Um, You know, I I, I think it is a – it's a difficult uh, question – to answer, um, I don't know their roster all that well. I I went to two Oakland games when they were in the Bronx, and other than a couple names here and there, I didn't know most of their roster. Um, I recognized a few prospects they've received over the years, and to be honest with you, I recognized them because of playing the show um, and like maybe trading for them in like previous iterations. I mean, Paul Blackburn last night looked really, really, really good against the Yankees. I think he gets, I think he usually gets a, a hard rap because they're basically pitching uh, with an offense that some double A teams have better run production than the Oakland A's do. Um, but I could see Paul Blackburn making the all-star game. How about you? So I think, I think isn't, I, I could be mistaken. And, and I, I, I appreciate that, you know, we're doing this cold and that was the kind of point of this is to show how ill-informed we are about the Oakland athletics. I think Blackburn just came back from injury. Like, I don't think he's made more than a small handful of starts. So I'd be surprised. He was their rep last year, right? He was the all-star in 2022 in LA. I, uh, I think he's had a few starts this year. I think, you know, with these bad teams, you often see there's kind of a few ways they get 
reps in. It's usually whoever their power hitting first baseman is because they often have the most RBIs and homers on the team. Or it's a back-end closing pitcher, reliever, something like that, someone who they're getting ready to trade anyway, who gets, you know, good, good-ish save numbers because they only pitch in safe situations and they only pitch when the team's got a lead, um, which is infrequent. Or it's one standout starter, starting pitcher. I don't really think they have any of those things this year. Maybe I think Ryan Noda is the first baseman who's kind of been doing okay for them this year. I think yep. though, especially because of how hot he started in April, April, I think the ref's going to be Brent Rooker, uh, the outfielder. Uh, I, I think he had that. a really poor yeah. April and that'll probably be who, who ends up getting picked for them. But he also cooled off significantly um, in May and June. So who knows, but that's my guess. Um, okay. And, and you, you are, talk. you are correct, by the way, not to cut you off. Uh, Blackburn just returned from injury. Um, he was out for a while. His stats as of today, um, and he pitched last night against the Yankees, uh, six games started, uh, 377 ERA, 31 innings pitched, uh, whip of 139. Not having a great season, but then again, if he was he, he was pitching hurt, um, I, I, I would agree with you with Rooker. Okay, on to our second topic, uh, getting a feeling about our teams right now. So I'll start with Houston. Uh, the past week, so Monday of Sunday to last weekend, uh, they went three and three over that stretch, dropped two to the Dodgers, uh, and they took uh, two from the Mets. Uh, entering the week, they're 42 and 36. They started the week five and a half back of Texas, but as of this taping, they're now, I believe, six back after they lost to St. Louis uh, last night. Man, that LA series was frustrating. Uh, you know, the Astros blew the lead, a seven to three lead in Saturday. Saturday's game, and then they blew a four-to-one lead in Sunday's game. The offense is infrequent and lackluster overall. Uh, they kind of they'll have a good inning, and then they kind of go to sleep, uh, perhaps because they think they've still got the lights-out bullpen that they always had. Um, but I will say this for that series: I thought LA played very good baseball. You know, fundamentally, there there weren't a lot of positions where I said, "Wow, that was a." That was a dumb, a dumb move by the Dodgers, or we really, they really, they really got got that one over on us. Other than maybe some of their relief pitcher choices, like I think they gave Phil Bickford two innings or something like that. But they did it in a game they were losing seven to three, so it's kind of like, well, whatever. That was that was a good move, getting two innings out of one of your lesser relievers, and it, he, ended, he ended up doing pretty well. Um, so they didn't really have any bad moves. Houston was just replete with poor decisions. You know, Rafael Montero blows a save. He's in a save situation. Brian Abreu looked terrible. I think he walked the bases loaded in what ended up being the losing inning, the eighth inning. Uh, they got a garbage balk call. Uh, they lucked out and didn't get what I thought was a balk on Hector Neris on Sunday. Um, Corey Jokes ran into a double play. They had second and third, I think, uh, or they had first and third. Maldonado lays a bunt down that gets down. Jake Myers gets a second. Jokes gets caught up in between third, so they get a double play out of it. It was just, it was horrible. For all the bad, bad things that they did in that series and for how comparatively sound the Dodgers played, lucky to get out of there without a sweep. Um, and it tells me if they can clean that up, they, they probably would have won two of three. But, you know, would have, could have, should have. Um, looking at the roster itself, obviously the rotation is in shambles. Garcia, uh, Luis Garcia, Lance McCullers Jr., done for the year. Jose Ortiz, still not back. I don't think he'll be back until just before the All-Star break, if not after, which seems more likely. We talked about Alvarez's injury. Michael Brantley is still out. Um, I did get to see him taking batting practice on the field uh, on, I believe it was uh, Friday and Sunday of that series against the Dodgers. He may have been out there Saturday, but I didn't notice him. Um, he looked good, but I don't know. I, it's a shoulder issue, and I don't know if he's got if he's got a lot of pop left. Um, but we'll see. Um, Altuve just came back. He's missed the last couple games apparently with a sore heel. Um, I don't know. He looked like he was hobbling. He he didn't he didn't score on a Bregman double in Saturday's game, and he kind of hobbled into third, which is where I was sitting. And he ended up scoring on a sack five, but hopefully it's nothing. But he's now missed back to back games, and uh, the bullpen suddenly incredibly shaky. As I mentioned, they blew two leads in L.A. Uh, the Astro bullpen ERA, and this is as uh, this is before last night's game against St. Louis. Bullpen ERA 3.73. That's seventh in the AL, ninth in Major League Baseball. This was the best bullpen in baseball last year with a 2.8 ERA. Um, and what, what what's not making sense to me, too, is it's not like they're being overtaxed or overused. They are the second least used bullpen in baseball. Their bullpen has accumulated the second fewest innings in baseball. 
to only the Texas Rangers. So they're using them less frequently and they're getting worse performance. So some cause for concern there. Why don't you tell us about the Yanks? You know, overall, uh, the, the Yankees are scuffling for sure since Judge uh, ran into the wall at Dodger Stadium. Um, they uh, they have scored a total of 67 runs in, 20, in 21 games uh, since Judge has been out. That's an average of 3.2 runs a game. Um, I should say that that's, that's the entire month of June so far. Uh, Judge went out on June 3rd, um, so he has been out most of the month. Um, the Yankees do have some encouraging uh, injury updates. Uh, Ian Hamilton came back today. Um, Judge right now, we don't have a timeline. He has started to uh, do some light uh, non-contact uh, swinging um, and workouts in the pool, but we did get an update over the weekend uh, that he he does, in fact, have a torn ligament in his toe. So ultimately, this is going to come down to pain management. Um, he has responded well to his his uh, second round of shots uh, to reduce inflammation. But, um, you know, if, if because it's in his right foot, that's his plant foot uh, as a right-handed batter, you know, I think that'll ultimately, uh, it'll it'll either be Stanton and Rizzo uh, and DJ LeMayu and, and the cast of others that are able to carry this offense and Judge is able to come back sort of post-All-Star break, I would say end of July, uh, beginning of August. Or if the Yankees are still scuffling, uh, you know, it's going to be shutting him down for the year and having surgery um, and hoping that the team does uh, does pick it up. Uh, Yankees right now are at 48 and 36, um, which which is good for the second wild card spot, which we'll just touch in a little bit. Um, they are getting some uh, some some reinforcements coming in soon, though. Uh, the, the hologram known as uh, Carlos Rodon uh, is expected to make his, I believe, third rehab start this week, as long as the weather holds up. Um, East Coast is getting rain and uh, some uh, some wildfire smoke from uh, from Canada coming in, so I'm hoping he makes that third uh, that third start. Um, but it sounds tentatively like we might see a major league start by Carlos Carlos Rodon uh, in the in the Baltimore series that's coming up when the Yankees come home uh, after they finish up against St. Louis. Um, uh, they did just finish up a homestand that they were four and two against Seattle and Texas. Uh, coincidentally, I went to both of those losses. Uh, one, uh, Domingo Herman gave up uh, 10 earned runs in four innings. Uh, and the, the Texas game, they lost in extra innings. Can't really hold it against them, even though they, they did, I believe, went one for nine with runners in scoring position, um, which just seems to be a continued trend. Um, but they do have those reinforcements coming. Um, Johnny Brito looked really good last night. Uh, he's a good young starter. Doesn't really blow it away on the gun. I think he tops out at 96 or 97. Uh, but he was optioned to AAA today um, to make room for Ian Hamilton, who's coming back to what is the best bullpen uh, in baseball as of right now. Uh, 283 ERA. Uh, numerous pitchers who have made uh, made appearances um, with all the injuries with Jonathan Luizica. Uh, Johnny Lasagna, as he's so lovingly known, um, he's down until August. Uh, we lost uh, Lou Trevino, uh, as as well as others, to season-ending injuries before the year. Uh, but the Yankees bullpen, 117 whip, like I said, 283 ERA. Um, you know, they're making up for a lot of those injuries that have been in the rotation. So all in all, the Yankees aren't great, um, especially offensively but they're certainly getting the results out of their pitching um, and making up for a lot of injuries to both the rotation and the bullpen. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, and uh, I guess we can then take a look at what the current playoff situation is looking like. Yeah, uh, that'll get us to our third topic. But real quick, I wanted to, you mentioned Stanton. I wanted to run something by you. So since Stanton has returned, I pulled this as I saw it in the show notes. Since he's returned on June 2nd, so June 2nd through June 27th, 18 games, hitting 113, a 203 OBP, slugging 226. That's a 429 OPS, and uh, obviously two homers, three RBIs, rough, 23 Ks in that period of time. So he's not exactly come back uh, crushing it. Not not to be leaguer the Stanton point, uh, take a look at a clip from last night. He hit a pitch that when he's on would go into with well into the upper deck um, at most stadiums. Uh, he hit it on the ground incredibly hard, but 
did a 360 in the box after he made contact. And it was just, it was just a, a dribbler to the third baseman. Um, so take a look at that when you get a chance. He knows he's off. He rarely shows emotion and has been whipping his helmet or chucking the bat. So um, I'm hoping he comes back strong, but I'm not holding my breath because he looks really off. I'm going to have to find that and maybe, uh, maybe put some wacky sacks over it. Uh, that'll take us to our third topic. Uh, if the season ended today. So if the season ended today, uh, New York would still be in the wild card, but they'd have to go to Baltimore. Uh, and if the season ended today, Houston would not be in the playoffs. They're a game back of Toronto for the final uh, spot, uh, who is also tied with uh, the Angels. So they're a game back of Toronto and the Angels. The Astros lost the season series to Toronto 4-3, to and they currently lead the season series against the Angels 5-2. to um, So, yeah, they, they've, they've got some work to do. How would you feel about being the five right now, having to go to Baltimore? for a best of three? You know, I, I think I would be okay with it. Um, Yanks easily could have won uh, the first series against Baltimore, um, at least in the Bronx. I would have to go back and look. I don't know off the top of my head uh, how they did when they went to Baltimore. I do remember Judge hitting like five home runs in three games. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I don't think I would complain. I think the Yankees uh, pitching stacks up well against the Orioles. Um, the offense of Baltimore, though, does spook me a little bit. Um, I think they have a lot of really good young players uh, with a couple of veterans, uh, sp- you know, sparkled in. Um, those teams historically have not done well. Their 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 young players can't sort of get down the stretch. Uh, but this team looks a little different than the Orioles of of, of old. Um, so like I said, I'm not holding my breath with Baltimore sort of scuffling. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough too, because I, you know, I was looking at this and prep for the show and kind of like last year, it almost feels like you'd rather be the six seed than a four or five, right? You'd rather be going to face whoever's going to win the AL central than having to face the also rands of the, uh, of the AL East. You know, uh, ultimately, uh, I don't want to see an AL East uh, wild card uh, where the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Orioles all make it. Um, unfortunately uh, for my fiance Anna, the Red Sox are not going to make the the wild card, even though they're. Uh, I, I believe they are. Oh, they are at five hundred right now at forty and forty. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't think the Jays deserve to make the playoffs. Uh, I also don't think the Angels deserve to make the playoffs. I don't think they're a good team outside of Otani and Trout. Um, they've never really had the pitching um, and continue to spend money on players that don't necessarily work for their team. Um, so we'll ultimately, we'll see what happens. July and August can change a lot of things uh, in the playoff picture. Um, and I could also see, while maybe the Rays don't lose their, their positioning with how they've been just scorching hot, um, but we'll see how everything goes uh, in, the, in, uh, in the West as well. Um, how do you feel with the Astros uh, in their position? Um, you know, do you think they have a shot at the West, or, or are you holding out hope for here for a wild card? What worries me is I, you know, the new management, new uh, new leadership in the GM, um, Dana Brown, came over from Atlanta, and um, obviously the big success story of Atlanta is 2021 when they were kind of dead in the water and made a bunch of moves. Right, they just lost Acuna before the All Star break made a bunch of moves to the deadline, every single one of them hit and the bullpen got online for the stretch run. And all of a sudden Will Smith was a stud again. There's a lot of those similar feelings for me with this Astros team, but I'm not deep enough in the Kool-Aid to think that what is a rare occurrence is going to happen again. I mean, I think Dana Brown has said multiple times that they want to be aggressive at the deadline. They're looking for some hitters. They're looking for a starting pitcher to eat some innings down the stretch for them. Um, and you could talk yourself into saying Will Smith, you know, a lights out guy for the Braves really struggled in 2021, got it together down the stretch and was good again. You know, they had Matzik, you know, kind of under the radar guy, boom, peaks. That's kind of similar to Rafael Montero. Didn't have as nearly as long of a success track record as Will Smith did, but phenomenal last year, especially in the postseason, is off to a horrible start this year. You could talk yourself as an Astros fan into thinking, he's going to turn that around. That's going to be our Will Smith. And you could talk yourself into saying, Ryan, Ma- uh, you know, Tyler Matzik for the Braves, that's Brian Abreu for us. Not a lot of people realize how good Brian Abreu is. 
He's tearing it up this year. He's going to be that lights out guy down the street. And we're going to make some moves. We're going to get, you know, an outfielder or two. And we're going to get a bat because we really need bats. And we're, it's going to all come together. It's going to work. I, I, I can't believe that that's just going to, history is just going to repeat itself without, you know, without more until we see it. Um, obviously, you don't feel good when your team's not in a playoff position, not in control. I think the West is still reachable. I think people need to wrap their heads around the fact that Texas is actually good. Um, they, they're going to need to make some moves at the stretch though, to keep, to keep it going. You know, John Gray was very good in Colorado before he got to Texas. He's been not so great in Texas uh, throughout his contract so far. Um, but this year turned it around, looked good. He's starting to look good again. Nate Yavaldi looking great. Um, you worry about wear and tear on his arm. Um, you know, he's an older guy. He's not Rich Hill old, but you know, he's eating a lot of innings for them right now. Since they lost Jordan, you know, going back a couple of weeks without him, you know, if they were playing even just, you know, above average baseball, they would be, I would think, three games or so back of Texas. And they'd be basically walking into this weekend series with the Rangers with a real shot at either sweeping them and getting the lead or getting a tie for the lead or getting within a game. So, um, I, you know, they're a wild card team as far as I see it right now. I think they can make the push. They can get the wild card spot. And like I said, I think you'd rather have the six than the, than the four or the five right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think any any reasonable fan would say that they would much rather play the central. Um, and that's effectively what, what the what the third seed has become. Um, it's, it's, all, it's almost always going to be the central because those teams can't compete with the east and west and the money that's spent. Um, do I, I, I would, frankly, I would much rather be the six to go to Minnesota. Yeah. But then again, I'm also biased because the Yankees, well, I, I, I would have to go back and look at the year, but when the Yankees went to Minnesota and lost two of three, it was their first, it was the twins first series win in Minnesota against the Yankees since I believe 2002. Oh, wow. Um, which is just, it's mind-boggling um, how poorly the Twins play against the Yankees. Because the Twins have actually had some very good seasons as of late. Um, this season, they're out there. They're in the driver's seat right now in the Central. They're in the driver's seat right now. They're they're below 500. Though. They're 40 and 42. Um, actually tied. Uh, for uh, I guess it, granularly. Um, Minnesota has a 488 win percentage and Cleveland has a 487, um, but they are labeled as tied. Um, I have to dig into a little bit of that, of why, um, but I would much rather play the twins and the Orioles. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to put a bow on our first episode. And before we walk out the door, just want to give you an opportunity, any plugs, anything you want to talk about what you got coming up this week? Yeah. Um, you know, the only, the only plug that I would give, uh, I, I joined the, uh, Yankees Twitterverse, uh, sort of, uh, middle of May this past year, uh, growing my following very slowly, but take a look at the four train army. Um, been, been going to a lot of games first season as a season ticket holder. Uh, like I said, I was at two last week, uh, with the Yankees on the road this week, won't be at any, uh, but next week have the opportunity to go July 6th against Baltimore. Uh, hoping to see Carlos Rodon. Uh, and then I will be there Saturday when the Cubs come to the Bronx, um, which I'm very excited for. Uh, obviously, with the competitive balance schedule, uh, the Cubs coming was always a very expensive ticket. Now it'll happen every other year. Uh, but I haven't seen the Cubs since I think we were in middle school. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And you might get to see, you you? Get to see future Yankee Cody Bellinger. Hey, that's, you know, that's very true. Um, that, that lefty bat, uh, if he's not striking out, could, could reach that second deck real easily in right field. Yeah. Unfortunately he has regressed from that towards start, but I actually want to clarify. So you said at four train army, that's four, like the number, not F O U R, right? That is correct. At four, the number train army. Great. As for me, um, you can find me on Twitter at storm bird. That's S T O R M B Y R D. Or you can also start following my Sports by Storm Twitter account. So that's Sports by Storm on Twitter. Um, that's actually going to be my Twitter account for a blog I'll be starting up after the All-Star break. 
It'll be a primarily baseball focused blog, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to have weekly features, call it primetime preview, where I basically go through and I preview the Sunday night baseball matchup uh, each week. And it'll be a multiple posting per week. So I'll start the week off, let you know who's the matchup, who are the teams, kind of where they're at entering that series. And then later on in the week, once we get closer and we know probable pitchers, I'll update it again, give you a little bit more of a breakdown of what those pitchers like to do, how that's going to interplay with projected lineups, and then again, update it once we actually get lineups on Sundays. Uh, I'll be starting it right after the All-Star break, and as luck would have it, the first Sunday night baseball game after the All-Star break, Astros at Angels, and I'll be there for that one. Um, but I'll also just kind of going into the stadium, I'm going to be going down to Anaheim tomorrow to catch, uh, or actually I guess today, the day of the publishing of the podcast, going down to Anaheim to catch Angels White Sox. And then I'm also going to go see Angels and the first place D-backs on Friday. Ooh, that, that, those, should, those should actually be, I guess the White Sox probably won't be a very good game. Um, who knows? It, it could be a, uh, an odd slugfest. I think I'm going to get off. Uh, but I think, those should both... I think the projected pitching is Lance Lynn and, uh, and Pablo Sandoval. Uh, Lance Lynn, formerly of the Rangers. Oh boy. So he's, got, he's seen at least some of those Angel hitters quite a bit. And then uh, Pablo Sandoval has the potential to be a really good lefty who could carve him up, but uh, pretty well known that um, a lot of a lot of the guys in the lineup for the uh, for the White Sox are their best hitters are all righties. So who knows how it's going to work out for them? Oh yeah. Um, my my final question for you: uh, ahead of the Fourth of July weekend, will you be purchasing uh, the Fourth of July Houston hat this year? Uh, just for those who have not seen it, it, it is reminiscent of the 4th of July hats of the past. The logo uh, is simply stars and stripes. Uh, and there is a side patch that says uh, USA, except for Canada, except for uh, Toronto, um, and has the city over it. So will you be purchasing Houston's? I don't know. I'm probably not going to be, probably not. I do actually kind of like it in a weird way. The little side side patch, it says like USA, and it almost kind of looks like a a shield of sorts. It's kind of like a distorted, you know, like it, there's some, some sharp angles there. Uh, the side patch kind of ruins it for me. I don't know. I, maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll change my mind when I see it uh, on the field and I'll, I'll do a late purchase, but it reminds me a lot of the one they did in 2018, which I do have. Um, so I don't know, maybe, uh, but probably not. How about yourself? You know, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, the side patch throws it off a little bit. Uh, frankly, I don't think they needed it. Um, I am thinking about it. I was looking at it online the other day. I haven't seen it in person yet. Um, but because I'm going on the sixth, they will probably have it for sale at the team shop uh, in the Bronx. Um, so if if I like it in person, I might snag it. Uh, but I think I would purchase the uh, the home run derby hat, which we can talk about uh, on our next episode. Uh, I'd, I'd probably buy that over the uh, the stars and stripes hat this year. Very good. Well, we'll cue that up, and uh, we'll we'll take a look at that in the next episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll stick around. You can hear us for episode two.